Hey everyone, welcome to Tom French Preaching. It's been a while since I've shared a sermon here. I kind of got 2020 and I'm only now getting around to posting more stuff, but although I haven't been posting sermons, I haven't been doing nothing. In June, I launched a new series of devotions called Pops Devotions and released the first book in the series on the book of Jonah. And I've got another book on the stupid stuff that Jesus' disciples did coming out in October. For this return sermon, I'm giving you a sermon on Jonah that I did earlier this year. It's an introduction to the book of Jonah, and if you like it and think maybe you'd like to check out the Jonah devotions, head to tomfrench.com.au forward slash Jonah, where you can find everything you need to get the book in ebook or real paper. All right, that's enough from me. Let's get on with the talk. My family went on holidays when I was a kid, and I, I don't remember what the holiday was, but I do remember something that stood out to me, and it was that we were staying uh, in a uh, motel, and uh, the TV was there, and we got to watch TV, which was a big treat for me because we didn't have TV at home. And so we were watching TV, and this movie came on, and it was a movie about a uh, competitive spitter. And there was the, the premise of the film was that there were competitive spitting competitions uh, where people would uh, like spit their saliva as far as possible. And uh, the person who got it the furthest was the champion. And uh, it was all about the, the American champion of spitting. And I thought it was amazing. I was really involved in this film. I, I, I was really ex- interested to see what would happen. I enjoyed, you know, the, the slow motion as the, the spit spread, you know, flew across the screen. And I was kind of caught up in the story. Would the, the champion be the one who won the, the American championships again? I was excited to see what happened. And then there was this moment where the, the national champion drank some hot tea and scalded his tongue. And then we didn't know if he was ever going to be able to spit again. It was, it was a real worry, and I was caught up in the drama of it. And it was at that point that my parents stopped the film. And I was like, what happened? I, I didn't know what happened. And I was worried about what would happen. I never found out what would happen. And I, was, and I spent a long time thinking about what would happen. And I remember as a kid uh, thinking you know, you know, about this film, thinking it was a, a, you know, a real story and thinking that the competitive spitting was a real competition. And I was thinking maybe one day I could become a competitive spitter myself. I was hoping that would happen. And then as I got older, I thought about it a bit more and it occurred to me that probably that film wasn't serious. <laughs> And probably there aren't actually competitive spitting competitions. There probably isn't a national championships. And probably if you drink a cup of tea that's too hot for you, it's not going to stop you from spitting ever again in your life. But I didn't understand that as a kid. It was only as I thought about it again that I realized that this film was probably different to what I thought it was when I was a kid. And I went and actually looked it up and I found it yesterday and I watched it in preparation for this. It turns out it was a half-hour short film called The Great O'Grady. If you want to go and find it yourself, it's on YouTube. And, uh, and it's definitely not a serious film. It's a satire, and, uh, and it's making fun of you know, sports films that take themselves too seriously and sports that take themselves too seriously. And uh, it was, it was you know, quite a good film. It was kind of fun. Lots of jokes that I, I only got after I watched it as a, an adult now. And, uh, and I don't want to spoil the ending, but the ending was quite surprising and a lot darker than I thought it would be. So you can go watch it if you want to. I tell you this because 
Uh, maybe your experience of Jonah is a little bit like my experience of the great O'Grady, that you, ex- you heard about it as a kid, you, maybe you heard about it in Sunday school or someone you love told you about the story of Jonah. And we have this you know, p- picture of Jonah as being the story about a runaway prophet who gets swallowed by a fish, which is true. That is the story of Jonah. Uh, but there's a whole lot more to Jonah. It's a really surprising little book. And there is this runaway prophet, but also there's uh, so much more in there, so much more to teach us about who God is and what he calls us to. And so many good jokes. It's a very funny little book, which you don't get when you're a kid, but when you read it as an adult, you can be surprised by you know, how much God has to teach us about this funny man who runs away and does exactly the opposite of what he should be doing. And hopefully, as you look at Jonah over the next four weeks, uh, you'll be surprised by what Jonah has to teach you. You'll be surprised by who God is and by what he uh, calls Jonah to and by what he might be calling you to. Uh, So if we're going to be uh, getting this introduction to the book of Jonah, the question then uh, is, uh, who is Jonah and what is he being called to do? And what is this book and what makes it so surprising? Well, we'll start with that first one, that first question first. Uh, When you read the book of Jonah, the very first thing that you read uh, is these words. The word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai. Now, if you are someone who is acquainted with the Bible and you've read the Bible before, when you hear those words, the word of the Lord came to, then immediately you're being told what the genre of this book is. Because these are the same words that you read in lots of books of prophecy. Uh, In a book like Haggai or Joel or Micah, it will say, the word of the Lord came to. And then there is a, a... there is a time when the prophet of God uh, gives this prophecy to the nation of Israel about God's judgment for sin and how God is going to rescue and restore his people. And so the writer of Jonah here is saying, this is the genre of the book. It is a book of prophecy. This is what the words mean. It's like if, I was, if you were to see the cover of a book and there was a man with you know, big muscles, big pecs and great abs and he was holding on to a woman who was spilling out of her dress, then you would know, oh, that's a romance book. Or if you were to to see a book and there was a man in silhouette who was walking down a road by himself holding a rifle, you'd be like, ah, that's the book about a lone man who goes and takes on bad guys. Or if you were to see the cover of a book and there was Michelle Obama on the front smiling, you'd be like, oh, well, that's a book about Michelle Obama, probably by Michelle Obama. This is, you understand what the book is by looking at the cover. And when you hear the word of the Lord came to, you understand what this book is. It's a book of prophecy. But because this is a surprising little book, it doesn't go the way that you expect it to. In verse 2, we hear what the word of the Lord is. Go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it because its wickedness has come up before me. So we would expect that the rest of the book would be these prophecies. The prophecy where Jonah preaches to the great uh, city of Nineveh and tells them God's word. But in verse 3, things take a left turn. But Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed for Tarshish. This is exactly what is not meant to happen in a book of prophecy. This is 
totally wrong. It would be like if you picked up the Michelle Obama book and she started telling you about her life and then suddenly it moved into a, a novel that she'd written about herself where she you know, tracks down warlords in Afghanistan and uh, you know, arrests them and puts them in prison. You'd be like, wow, that is not what I expected. It's very different from what the cover looked like. And that's what's going on here. You expect Jonah to do one thing and he does the complete opposite thing. He runs away from God. He is the worst kind of prophet. And so who is this worst kind of prophet? Well, the good thing is that we find out a bit about him in the Bible before we get to him in Jonah. We have a crossover appearance from Jonah in a different book of the Bible. Uh, in 2 Kings uh, chapter 14, we read this about Jonah from verse 23. In the 15th year of Amaziah, the son of Joash, king of Judah, Jeroboam, son of Jehoash, king of Israel, became king in Samaria, and he reigned 41 years. He did evil in the eyes of the Lord and did not turn away from any of the sins of Jeroboam, son of Nebat, which he had caused Israel to commit. He was the one who restored the boundaries of Israel from Lebo Hamath to the Dead Sea, in accordance with the word of the Lord, the God of Israel, spoken through his servant, Jonah, son of Amittai, the prophet from Gath Hepha. So here we have Jonah who he turns up, and he turns up in the life of the king Jeroboam II. And Jeroboam II was not a good king. He was a terrible king, in fact. And he did evil in the eyes of the Lord. And so normally you would expect that if a prophet was given a job by God to go and preach to the king, normally the prophet would go before the king and say, king, you're doing evil things and you must turn away from them, otherwise God will destroy you. But Jonah gets given the job of going to the king and saying, king, God's got good news for you. You're going to have military victories and the, the territory of Israel that has been lost, you're going to get it back. Like that's a good job to get. If you are a prophet, like that's the kind of job you want to be given, to go up to the king, to be the good news prophet for the bad guy king. You get to go and tell him all the st good stuff that God's going to do. And I bet the king loved it. He was like, Jonah, I love you. You're my favorite prophet. Come in. And then Jonah maybe, you know, got to go to a lot of different parties and got, you know, given good food and got to wear great clothes and hang out with all the rich and powerful people because he was the one who told the king the good news of what God was going to do. And then God went and did it. I suspect it would be kind of like being a celebrity pastor today. That would be Jonah's job, get to go to all the best parties. And that could have been what Jonah was going on for Jonah. He definitely got to do the good job and give the good news. But then God comes to him now and says, I want you to go and share this message with the Ninevites. And Jonah maybe was hoping that it would be another good news message. But instead, he had to go to tell the Ninevites that God that the wickedness had come, God's wickedness, sorry, their wickedness had come up before God to preach destruction to these people. And Jonah didn't want to do it. Jonah ran away. Now, why did Jonah run away? Well, probably because he wanted to be the good news prophet, but also because of the Ninevites. The Ninevites had a lot of wickedness, and their wickedness was actually bad. It wasn't like, you know, their wickedness was they ate a lot of bad food. Uh, if that was the case, maybe going to preach against them wouldn't be too bad. But when we look at what history tells us about the Ninevites, we can kind of understand why Jonah wouldn't want to go and preach to them. Uh, we know from history that Nineveh was the capital city of the country of Assyria. Assyria is where modern-day Iraq is now. 
And so that means there were, uh, there were always, there were a superpower in the region of Israel and they're always breathing down Israel's neck. And the kings of Assyria would boast about their military victories. And when they boasted about their military victories, they would talk about what they did to the people who uh, they conquered. And uh, I warn you, it's going to get a little bit gruesome now, but this is uh, some of the things they said how they would do. Uh, they would uh, capture their enemies and they would set them on fire while they were still alive, or they would uh, you know, stretch them out and skin them while they were still alive, or they would chop off their limbs also while still alive. Uh, they would get people and they'll chop their heads off and then put them on sti sticks and then get their friends to carry their friends' heads around on sticks. These were terrible people. And so when Jonah has to go and preach to them about their wickedness, you can understand why he would not want to do that. It's probably going to end badly for him. If I was Jonah, I would run away. I would not want to go there. I would like to keep my skin intact. I would like to keep my head on my body. I would run away. It makes total sense why Jonah runs away. The problem for Jonah is that he thinks that things are going to end badly for him. Uh, they're not going to go the way he wants if he goes to Nineveh. Now, we're not told at the beginning why Jonah runs away. You have to wait till later on in the book. Uh, but you can imagine that this is not the place where he wants to go. And so he runs. But when he runs, things go badly for him as well. As we heard in the reading, he ran away from what God called him to. And as he runs away, uh, he goes, gets on a ship and then a great storm comes up. God sends a storm and then uh, because of the storm, he gets thrown overboard and he almost drowns and then he gets swallowed by a huge fish. And so Jonah's in a bad position either way. He can either preach to the Ninevites and it will be terrible or he can run away from preaching to the Ninevites and it will also be terrible. He's not in a good situation. He is not prepared uh, to respond to God's call. He's not prepared uh, to accept that while he thinks he might know the outcome, that, he is, uh, that whatever the outcome is, that God's outcome might be better than whatever he thinks it is. That he's not prepared to be surprised by what God might have in store for him. And so the question for us, uh, as we look at the book of Jonah, as you spend time over the next few weeks looking at the book of Jonah, are you prepared to be surprised by God? Are you prepared to be surprised by his call to you? Do you think you already know what God has for you? Do you think you already know what he has for you in this book or what he has for you in your life? Are you prepared to respond to God's surprising call? Now, I am someone who doesn't like answering my phone uh, and, you know, I, especially like if I know who's calling me, I don't mind answering the phone. Uh, but if I don't know who's calling me, I definitely don't want to answer my phone. When I look at it, I don't recognize the number. I don't answer it because I don't know why they're calling me. I don't, I want to be prepared for what they want. They want to talk to me about. But lately my phone number has been, you know, picked up by spammers all over the world. And so I don't just get calls from unknown numbers for people who want to talk to me. I get calls from people who just want to scam me out of things. And so I have my phone set uh, so that any call number that comes in that I don't know the number of, uh, that's not in my contacts, and it just goes straight to voicemail. And then I can deal with it later. And I know that most of the people who call me are spammers because every now and then I do pick up the phone on this unknown number. Every now and then I think, oh, maybe this won't be as bad as I thought it was. And then it's a robot telling me that the ATO 
that he's going to take me to prison because I haven't paid off my taxes in iTunes cards. And so I'm like, well, I don't think that's true. And so I hang up on the robot and then the robot will try again or someone will ring up to tell me that I can make a lot of money on cryptocurrency or something like that. I just don't want it. I'm not prepared for those calls, so I ignore those calls. But whatever opportunities are out there to not go to prison or to make a lot of money on cryptocurrency, I'm not interested in them because I know what the outcome is. When God calls us, we don't want to do that. We might think we know what the outcome is. We might think we know what God's story for our life is. We might think we know what God is calling us to, and we're not ready to be surprised by what he has for us. And so we might ignore his call too, but we can't. For one, we can't ignore his call because he doesn't call on the phone, so you can't just you know, hang up on him or leave it. But also because when he calls us, he calls us through his word. And he calls us through his spirit. And we know his call and we hear it in our hearts. We hear it in the voices of others. We hear it in his word. And we want to be people who, when we hear this call, we do not run away from it. We do not think we know the end of the story. Because we could be like Jonah. It could turn out that if we run away from God's call, it's going to go badly for us. And if we go with God's call, it might seem like it's going to go badly with us as well. But better to, to go with God's call and do it with God, even if it's hard, than to run away and think it's going to be, and, and have to deal with running away from God, as well as uh, avoiding being in the wrong place at the wrong time, like Jonah was. So what is it that God could be calling you to? Well, I don't know what it is. Maybe you're like Jonah, you've been called to go and preach to, in some foreign country. That might be the case. Uh, maybe, uh, you know, sometimes we do get very specific calls from God to go to specific places or just do specific things. But oftentimes we hear God's call and we hear it regularly through his word. And we hear it on our hearts as his spirit impresses upon us what we know from the Bible. And it might be as, you know, about forgiving someone who has hurt you. It might be about reaching out to a neighbor. It might be about an act of generosity that God has called you to. It might be about sharing the good news of what Jesus has done with someone in your life. And you might not want to do that because you might think you know the end of the story. But are you ready to be surprised by what God has for you? Maybe the ending of, what, of God's call is surprising. Maybe he will do something amazing. It doesn't mean it's not going to be difficult. Either way, it was difficult for Jonah. But it's better to do the difficulty with God than without him. When we look at the life of Jesus, we see that this works itself in the most uh, a wonderful way. In Jesus, we see the outcome of someone who was obedient to God and the most surprising things happened. And unlike Jonah, who was called to preach to his enemies and ran away from it, Jesus uh, was a man who became a man so that he might preach to his enemies and not just preach to his enemies, but die for his enemies. And that would normally be the end of the story, but the most surprising thing happened in his death. Through his death, he rescued us from God's judgment if we trust in him. And after his death, just as Jonah escaped the whale after three days, after three days, Jesus escaped the grave and rose to new eternal life so that we too can live forever like him. That is the most surprising outcome of someone who lived an obedient life. Are we prepared to be people who will follow God's call, whatever he calls us to, 
to be surprised by God's word to us and to be willing to go with it, even if it looks difficult, because we know that it's better to go with him than to go against him. And because we know that God might have amazing and surprising things for us when we follow his call. As you look at the book of Jonah, be prepared to be surprised because this is not just a book about a guy who ran away and got swallowed by a fish, but it's a book about the heart of God for his people, for those who are far away and those who are near, and for all of us who are listing up for his call, that we might follow it and be surprised by where he takes us. I'm going to pray for us. Now, Father God, we thank you for this book, the book of Jonah, that it is a fun and surprising little book. I pray that we will not be people who think we know the outcome of the book or the outcome of our story as you call us to follow you. I pray that we will be prepared to be surprised, prepared to do the hard thing that you call us to, because we know that it's better to go with you than to go against you, and because we know that you have great things planned for us and for your kingdom as we follow you in obedience. We pray that we might be people who will be surprised by you. Amen. Thanks for listening. I hope that was helpful for you. If you want to get your hands on the Jonah devotions, then head to tomfrench.com.au forward slash Jonah. You can also find there my other books, videos, and more other stuff on my website. So feel free to check it out. Don't forget to give this podcast a rating and review wherever you get your podcast from so that other people might be able to discover it. Till next time, have a good one.